Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Tuesday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, Literally Heather. While I would normally coordinate my Palmetto State Armory suggestions with the news of the day, (coughs) constitutional carry for Florida, I received an email from the guys and the deals for Easter are out, and today's a twofer that I could not, couldn't not share with you. Uh, The first is a fully assembled AR with Magpul and Bus front and rear sights for a $400 savings. And the second is a PSA custom three and a half pound match grade single stage drop in trigger regular $149.99 for the wonderful price of only $89.99. The link for both of these items will be in the show notes, and I encourage you to go check them out. Now, on to Florida. Floridians will be able to carry concealed guns without a permit under a bill that Governor Ron DeSantis signed on Monday, giving the governor another legislative victory as he prepares a campaign for president. The governor signed the bill in a private ceremony in his office. His only immediate public comment was, quote, constitutional carry is in the books, which he said in a three-paragraph news release. The new law will allow anyone who can legally own a gun in Florida to carry one without a permit. It means training and a background check will not be required to carry concealed guns in public. It takes effect on July 1st. The arguments over the legislation were divided, obviously along political lines, with Republicans saying that law-abiding citizens have a right to carry guns and protect themselves. They say most people will still want to get a permit because it will allow them to carry concealed weapons in states with reciprocal agreements, and to be able to purchase guns without a waiting period. Nearly 3 million Floridians have a concealed weapons permit already. While a background check and a three-day waiting period will still be required to purchase a gun from a licensed dealer, they are not required for private transactions or exchanges of weapons. DeSantis has said he thinks Florida should go even further and allow people to openly carry guns. While some lawmakers have pushed for open carry, it does not appear that the legislature will pass such legislation this session. The bill signing comes five years after then-Governor Rick Scott, a Republican, signed a bill creating gun restrictions. Under DeSantis, momentum has swung back toward expanding gun rights rather than placing limits on them. Good for you, Ron DeSantis, and good for the people of the state of Florida. Now, do you guys remember that big Chinese balloon uh, that casually just flew across the country to all our sensitive military sites? And the Biden administration assured us that it had intercepted it, prevented it even from being able to collect and transmit any information? It turns out that was a lie. The Chinese spy balloon that flew across the U.S. was able to not only gather intelligence from several sensitive American military sites, despite the Biden administration's effort to block it from doing so, it also was able to be controlled by China 
so that it can make multiple passes over some of the sites, at times flying in a figure eight formation, and transmitted the information it collected back to Beijing in real time. The intelligence that China collected was mostly from electronic signals, which can be picked up from weapon systems or include communications from base personnel, rather than images, the officials said. The three officials said China could have gathered much more intelligence from sensitive sites if not for the administration's efforts to move around potential targets and obscure the balloon's ability to pick up their electronic signals by stopping them from broadcasting or emitting signals. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. If you th- so you already first lied to us and said that they d- they didn't collect any information and did not transmit any of it back. So that was lie number 1. Now you're telling me that you managed to scramble at each one of these locations and turn off all signals so that none of that information could actually be transmitted. Okay. Right. On Monday, a Defense Department spokesperson reiterated that any intelligence collected had limited additive value for China and said she could not confirm that the balloon had transmitted any information back to China in real time. National Security Council spokesperson Kirby, John Kirby, John Kirby, Kirby, John is how it's written in here, declined to answer any questions on Monday afternoon about what kind of electronic signals or communications the balloon could have accessed. He said, quote, knowing it was going to enter U.S. airspace, we took action to limit the ability of this balloon to garner anything of additive or especially useful content, said Kirby. So again, I won't get ahead of what we're learning off this thing. It's it's amazing to me they keep using this language like additive content or Like, at first it was, they got nothing. And now it's like, well, they got stuff, but it wasn't anything that they can do anything with. It's ridiculous. China had said repeatedly that the balloon was an unmanned civilian airship that accidentally strayed off course, and that the United States overreacted by shooting it down. Officials have not said which company, department, or organization the balloon belonged to, despite several requests. For comment from NBC News, the balloon had a self-destruct mechanism that could have been activated remotely by China, but the official said it's not clear if it didn't happen because the mechanism malfunctioned or because China decided not to trigger it. They didn't have to activate it. This administration literally let the balloon traverse over the entire country from one end to the other. The mission was accomplished. At the time, the U.S. government said it it waited to shoot the balloon down until it was over the ocean to avoid any damage or casualties on the ground. The balloon, which was nearly as large as three school buses, would have had a large debris field that U.S. officials could not control as it fell to the earth. U.S. military commanders had determined downing the balloon while over land posed an undue risk to people across a wide area due to the size and altitude of the balloon and its surveillance payload. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said in a statement after the balloon was downed, no, that balloon passed by multiple 
desolate locations with minimal population density that could have easily been downed. They waited until they could be over a body of water big enough to try to recover it. A drop on land would have obliterated the debris. I'm so tired of being lied to as if we're completely ignorant people. Joe Biden has frustrated his own party with his refusal to formally announce his decision to run for president in 2024. Marianne Williamson has announced she is running and is currently his only competitor up to this point. But California Governor Gavin Newsom is traveling to Republican states this week that he banned official travel to with a new political action committee as rumors of a presidential run swirl. Newsom and his family are traveling to Alabama, Arkansas, and Mississippi this week to boost Democrat gubernatorial candidates in the deep red states with his new PAC, the Campaign for Democracy. The California Democratic governor's travels come as his name is thrown around blue circles as a potential frontrunner for the party, should President Biden opt out of running for re-election in 2024. I, for one, cannot wait to see the city slicker despot who implemented some of the most draconian executive edicts during the time of COVID step outside of his elite blue bubble to stare in the face of the middle America that he considered a leper colony just mere months ago. By traveling to red states to promote blue governor candidates, Newsom is testing the political waters while positioning himself to either be a fundraising force for Democrats in 2024 or try to take the White House for himself if the path seems clear. What Newsom will become for the Democrats in 2024 is unclear, but it will be heavily influenced by whether or not Biden decides to try to keep his job at the White House. Newsom's travel also posed a unique risk for the vehemently pro-choice blue governor. The Democrat candidate for governor in Mississippi, Brandon Presley, is very pro-life. But recently, the California governor cut ties between California and pharmacy company Walgreens due to the company's refusal to distribute an abortion drug in 20 states. However, Presley and Newsom did not meet, with the governor instead spending the day with Jackson Mayor Chakwe Antar Lumumba. Presley said he did not meet Newsom due to Palm Sunday services. However, the governor's plans, while not official travel, violate the spirit of the widely panned political ban on state-sponsored and state-funded travel to 23 GOP-run states. Newsom's office was asked if the governor's travel involved state-funded security and if Newsom believed his travels violated the spirit of his own law, but Newsom's office did not respond. His spokesperson, Anthony York, told uh, the Washington Free Beacon that the governor's trip had nothing to do with the state's Democrats' attempt to repeal the law and that no paid staff would be on his trip. California governor dropped $10 million into the new PAC last week, making wild claims about Republicans in those three states, including calling their governors authoritarian leaders. Well, hello, find a mirror, Mr. Newsom. He claimed in his video announcing the PAC that Republican states criminalize doctors, 
intimidate librarians, kidnap migrants, target trans kids, stoke racism, and condone anti-Semitism, among other wild accusations. Because yeah, that sounds like the unifying force this country needs. Newsom has also taken to bashing states that rival his own, frequently attacking Texas and the Lone Star State Governor Greg Abbott, California governor who famously broke his own draconian COVID-19 lockdown measures for a friend's birthday dinner at the French Laundry restaurant in California, also claimed the state's leaders ignore the will of the people and make it harder to vote and easier to buy an assault weapon. Could you imagine the contrast between what Ron DeSantis has done for Florida with a side-by-side comparison of what Gavin Newsom has done to California as a model for the United States? Man, oh man, that's campaign I'd like to watch just to observe the humiliation. A report says that McDonald's has closed its United States offices for a few days as the company prepares to inform employees about layoffs. An internal email from the fast food giant, which is headquartered in Chicago, said that U.S. corporate staff and some employees overseas should work from home, while the company notifies people of their job status. The report, published on Sunday, said McDonald's would inform its employees this week about staffing decisions that are part of a wide restructuring of the company that was announced earlier. Though the U.S. labor market remains strong, layoffs have been mounting mainly in the technology sector, where many companies overhired in recent months. I guess you can keep calling it that. Um, IBM, Microsoft, Amazon, Salesforce, Facebook, Parent, Meta, Twitter, and DoorDash have all announced layoffs in recent months. Policymakers at the U.S. Federal Reserve have forecasted the unemployment rate may rise to 4.6% by the end of this year, a sizable increase historically associated with recessions. But we're not in one of those yet. McDonald's has more than 150,000 employees in corporate roles. About 70% of those employees are based outside of the United States. The company reported its global sales rose nearly 11% in 2022, while sales in the U.S. climbed almost 6%. Total restaurant margins rose 5%. In its latest annual report, it cited difficulties in adequately staffing some of its outlets. McDonald's in January said it's accelerating the Arches program, would focus on deliveries, drive through digital, and development. We are performing at a high level, but we can do even better, the CEO said. Uh, Chris Kemp. Pinsky, Kipsinski, holy cow. Um, He sent a letter to his employees and he said the company was divided into silos and that the approach was outdated and self-limiting. As the company reshapes its strategy, we will evaluate the roles in staffing level and parts of the organization and there will be difficult discussions and decisions ahead. In real talk, Automation has made that $15 an hour price tag with shitty staff look a little less necessary. The United States government is planning to sell more than $1.17 billion in Bitcoin that was seized as part of the Silk Road illicit marketplace case. 
According to a new federal court filing, the government is planning to sell the remainder of the approximate 51,351 Bitcoin that were seized from hacker James Zong, who authorities accused of stealing the virtual assets from Silk Road in 2012. Per the filing, the government has already sold about 9,861 Bitcoin of the total amount seized for more than $250 million on March 14th, leaving about 41,491 Bitcoin. At Bitcoin's current value of $28,332, the sale of the remaining Bitcoin would have a valuation of $1.175 billion. The filing was with the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York and pertains to the sentencing of Zong. The government says it will not sell the remainder of the Bitcoin until after he is sentenced, which is scheduled for April 14th. Silk Road was a former darknet black market in operation from approximately 2011 to 2013. The site was often associated with illegal activities such as money laundering and drug running. Zhang was accused of tricking the site's payment processing system using fake accounts and rapid deposits and then withdrawals of larger amounts to steal the Bitcoin. Federal authorities eventually tracked down the stolen Bitcoin at his Georgia home, seizing the Bitcoin in November of 2021 when it was worth $3.6 billion. Zhang pleaded guilty to committing wire fraud in connection with the theft. Find this fascinating. It's interesting that the government has already, quote-unquote, sold $215 million worth of Bitcoin. How is that $215 million utilized? Who was it sold to? Who's facilitating the transactions? Who decides when to sell it? Um, This is all very interesting to me, considering uh, the Bitcoin world has been ostracized by the federal government, and yet... It seems to be that they're profiting off of it, and the government should not be profiting, the people should. So I'm really curious about these assets and where they're going and how they're being utilized. It's funny, when the government vomits out an announcement for funding for something, it becomes painfully obvious that they have absolutely no idea how private sector businesses work, and I'll explain. The Biden-Harris administration through the U.S. Department of Energy announced $50 million in funding from President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law for states to ensure that smart manufacturing technologies and high-performance computing are more accessible by domestic manufacturing firms. The state manufacturing leadership program aims to remove existing barriers that prevent innovative, data-driven tools and technologies from being used by small and medium-sized manufacturers, or SMMs. These critical tools will allow them to increase production efficiency and play key roles in bolstering the domestic manufacturing base. Widespread deployment of smart manufacturing is key to achieving the president's goal of a net zero economy by 2050 and will help to secure Americans' global leadership in manufacturing for decades. Unlocking the potential for small and medium-sized clean energy manufacturing facilities to use the same technologies as larger facilities will make us more competitive on a global scale, 
said Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. This funding opportunity will ensure that the benefits of a clean energy economy are felt across the country. This program will support all U.S. states, including Washington, D.C., and U.S. territories in accelerating the development or deployment of smart manufacturing technologies by SMMs by providing financial assistance to implement smart manufacturing technologies. Sounds like a fucking Kamala Harris speech. And practices and broaden access to high-performance computing resources. With this funding, states and territories will be able to create new programming or build on existing programs that provide technical assistance to SMMs. Applicants are encouraged to submit proposals for funding that cover initiatives such as, but not limited to, to, uh, promoting the benefit of smart manufacturing technologies among small businesses based on national and regional economic development and supply chain priorities, identifying and providing financial assistance to facilitate access to and implementation of smart manufacturing and high-performance computing resources and technologies, and securing partnerships with labor unions and other stakeholders to expand and diversify the smart manufacturing talent pool and develop, promote, and scale adoption of smart manufacturing training. The program provides states and territories an opportunity to connect SMMs with a diverse coalition of public and private technical assistance providers, such as the Manufacturing USA Institutes, National Laboratories, NIST Manufacturing Extension Partnerships, Industrial Assessment Centers, and Institutions for Higher Education. What's really interesting is, if you remember in the beginning of this little part of the segment, they announced $50 million in funding for 50 states for manufacturing. Now let's think about that and put that into perspective. Let's pretend that every single state applies, every state's going to get $1 million. How does a manufacturing facility completely change their entire production excuse me, production process with a million dollars? And that's with if one facility in the state gets that money. The the amount of money that they're touting here is it's just fucking air in the wind. Like this is not, it it will accomplish nothing. But that last little part, securing partnerships with labor unions and other stakeholders to expand and diversify the smart manufacturing talent pool and develop, promote, and scale adoption of smart manufacturing training. So now we're, we're able to utilize this to be more diverse and focus on training. And there's where you see that $50 million going. So anyway, uh, it's just fascinating to me sometimes. That is your Tuesday edition of everything yesterday this morning. I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, like, share, subscribe, turn on notifications. Make sure you go check out those Palmetto State Armory deals. They do have many great deals in their Easter deals right now. Uh, Go on and check it out. I love you guys. You guys take care and I'll see you tomorrow. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.